0: Hey, good morning everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers and mothers alike out there. I hope you have a great and blessed day with your family, with your friends, with your kids. and Just to be honored on this day because you deserve it. I especially am very thankful for my mom and my wife being the the mother of my two kids. I'm just so blessed to have many, many mother figures in my life. And not just my mom and my wife, but many aunties that have helped nurture me and raise me. So I just wanna say thank you for those women in my, in my life. Uh, there is a lesson on my heart that I've come up with that not only is seeking to honor the moms out there, but it's also seeking to just be an inclusive message to everybody to relate to. So I wanna be able to read a scripture out of 1 Corinthians 13, a hallmark scripture on love. Starting in verse one, It says, if I speak in tongues and of men or angels, but I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For if we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we only see a reflection as in a mirror, Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Today, I wanna be able to preach and just talk story about love being more than enough. Love is morning enough. You know, for me, there's a part of me that feels a little insecure to admit that I've gone through my life questioning if I'm enough. I think it's the egotistical side of me that just doesn't want to appear weak. I want to come off strong and all put together. But to be honest, I've I've, I've experienced this question in my life, whether if I'm enough. And in different stages, when I was a when I was a son, when I was growing into a young man, when I was a student, a student athlete, when I became a disciple, when I became a husband, when I became a father, there was different moments that I questioned, am I enough? Is what I offer enough to fulfill my role in this position? And thankfully, through the grace of God, you know I've been able to surrender those things to God, but I would be lying to say, that those questions of whether, if I was enough or not, did not pass my mind. If I was to be honest, it passed my mind quite a bit. But thanks be to God that I'm able to have peace and contentment when it comes to these things because I know who I am in God. But what about you? What about you? Has there ever been a time where you doubted that what you gave, or who you are, is enough. I think especially, especially in this time where things are, are, are very uncertain and things are unsure and we're, 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 we're not sure about what's gonna happen in the future, I, I, think, it, I think it can make us feel as though, what, what can I give during this time? What can I do during this time? And am I enough? Well, I wanna say, I think you're in good company because right here in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, we find a mess. We find a mess of a church that Paul has to deal with. And Paul has to sort things out to be able to, to be able to give these Christians here in Corinth significance, to let them know that they are enough. One of the things he does is he uses illustration of how the church is like the body. It's very diverse. In fact, take a look at a couple of these scriptures in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, where it says, just as the body, though is one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. In verse 14, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 17, it says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And Paul uses this argument. He uses this argument to say that the body's diverse, that there is just not one gift in the church. There's actually many. See, what was going on in the Corinth church is there was, there was mainstream gifts of, of popularity. And if your gift wasn't being highlighted, I, I would guess that those people were feeling insecure. The mainstream gifts were, that were being talked about were, were, were under-highlighting, were under-representing maybe other gifts. And Paul is saying, look, the church is diverse, the is diverse, everybody has a place. And this is how he ends 1 Corinthians 12, launching into chapter 13, which is all about love. Check out what he says in verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one has its own part. In verse 29 it says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, all speak in tongues to all interpret but this is what i want you to focus on in verse 31 now eagerly desire the greater gifts interesting and he goes on to say and yet i will show you the most excellent way it's almost like paul pauses and he and he stops and he lets the current church that when we're pursuing gifts of building up the church and glorifying God, that there is actually the most excellent way—way way meaning path. You could also interpret that as a path. And 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 this sentence launches launches this this whole context right here in verse thirteen. That that love is enough. That the way of love, the pathway of love is is more than enough when it comes to building up the church and when it comes to glorifying God. It is so substantial. It is so significant. And that is the most excellent way. And he talks about love and he highlights love and he says in my words that love is more than enough. You know, for the rest of the time I want to be able to talk about why love is more than enough. Why it's more than enough when it comes to to living a fulfilled life in Jesus, while it's more than enough when it comes to giving to the body of Christ, to building up the church, and while it's more than enough when it comes to you being a disciple for the Lord, that love is the most excellent way. I think the first thing that is important to realize right there in verse eight, it kind of is the center of what everything Paul is saying. It's where he says in verse 8 that love never fails. What does that mean? Well, I think it means that love never dies. It never fades out. It's never going to end. It's never going to fall down and and crumble and die. If you were to look into the the real definition of that, it's almost as if someone is alive. It's never going to fall down. It's never going to fade away. It's never going to pass. It's never going to fail. And yet... Why? I asked myself this question when I was studying. And yet, why does it feel as though sometimes love does fail? Maybe not all the time, but sometimes it feels as though love might fail. And and the answer might be complex. There might be a lot of answers to that. But I think one of them which is found in the scripture is that I think the problem is that we've been sold the wrong idea of what love is. We've bought into a false definition of love. You know, in 1st Corinthians 13 specifically verses 4 through 7 says love is patient love is kind it doesn't envy it doesn't boast it's not proud it doesn't dishonor others it's not self-seeking it's not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth it always protects always trusts always hopes and always perseveres what does that sound like to you it sounds like to me that love is a choice that love is a habit love is a discipline love is intentional it's it it surpasses a feeling it surpasses affection it surpasses sentimentality it's more than just the good feels of what love is about though i want to say that love definitely includes emotion but at the bottom of it love is an action and it's a discipline and that's why love doesn't fail It's because it chooses to do what is right in the face of a decision it chooses to go forward to be patient to be kind to to persevere to trust to hope to protect to rejoice in the truth and it doesn't just feel what is right it does what is right that's what i hear paul saying i hear paul saying with a steady conviction in his voice that love doesn't last on a feeling it's sustained through action it's like a fire you guys ever made a fire before initially a fire starts with that spark in those first few pieces of wood but eventually if you don't pay attention to that fire and if you don't keep stoking that fire with wood that wood is that 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 fire is gonna it's, it's gonna die it's it's gonna it's gonna go out of flame it needs to be you need to have a tension with it you need to constantly put wood in that thing I think even more so with mothers being that it's Mother's Day I think about Alicia I think about any mother who initially when they first see that baby its deep affection and infatuation and almost a natural ability to just nurture that baby. That baby. That skin-to-skin contact. That first moment of nursing. Those first few days alone in the hospital, just soaking in that newborn. And then eventually, you know what, Bradapu, eventually the, sl- the lack of sleep comes in. <laughs> the doo-doo diapers, the explosion diapers, you got to deal with that. Then it moves into the kolohe stages where the kids are all all rascal and you gotta deal with them breaking stuff and running all over the house. And you know what? It doesn't get easier. It turns into a decision. It turns into a habit, a choice, a discipline to love even when you don't feel like it, even when it doesn't feel easy. Love can be a hard choice for me. Uh, especially when i think i'm right when i feel like i am absolutely justified in my thinking and i've done nothing to deserve this confrontation or or this hardship or this trial that everything inside of me is telling me to be you know what brad you're right and you should stand up for it and it's hard for me to 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 buy into the patience the kindness to not be proud, to not be arrogant, to not boast. I've been through times where I haven't chosen love and things have gotten messy. Things have gotten complicated. It got got worse for me. But I've also been in times where I've, I've, by God's grace, I've been able to hear God's voice. And I've been able to see and notice that during that trial, it was an opportunity for me to respond in love. And it didn't fix my problems, but, but let me tell you, it left me more at peace, it left me more content, and it left me more faithful knowing that God was gonna deal with it because I could control what I did and just respond in the best way I could, which is love. Where in your life do you need to act or respond in love? Where do you need to be patient? Where do you need to show more kindness? Maybe even courage. Where where do you need to respond with courage so that you can persevere through that trial? Maybe you need to rejoice more in the truth and not in evil. Maybe you need to trust more. But I'm asking you, where in your life do you need to focus more intentionally about being more of a loving person? Love fails love fails when it's mere sentimentality when it's just feelings but love succeeds when it's actions based on the truth here's the thing when i look at first corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7 (laughs) i just think about like bro i got a lot of work to do (laughs) i can't even get past the first one being patient Man, I got so much work to do. And the truth is we do. We have so much growing to do when it comes to the realm of love. But I actually wanna encourage you to just focus on one thing. Out of all those things, those traits that are listed in verses four through seven, just pick one. If it's kindness, go after it this week in kindness. If it's rejoicing in the truth, go after it this week in rejoicing in the truth. If it's whatever in here, just focus on one thing. I think a cool illustration is actually how the Eastern Europeans train and doing the game of chess. What they do is they take every piece off the board and they make their kids only play with either the king or the queen, or both of them together. So instead of figuring out all the pieces they gotta work with, they just think about two pieces. And that helps them to be better efficient players in the future when they master each piece at a time and I think about that with love focus on one thing I think that's doable and I think you'll find success it's just a suggestion if you're looking for practicality but focus on one thing make it simple make it easier for you so you can be more successful in love I think right off the heels of love never failing comes something almost as equally as important when I read this as far as the tone. In verse verse 13, it says, the greatest of these is love. That love is the greatest. At the end of the passage, Paul says that three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. Now, I've done some studying on this, but you don't take my word for it. You can do some studying on your own. But when I read verses 10 through 13, I hear a strong tone that love is the link to eternity. Love helps us to view things in eternal perspective. When we get to heaven, we won't need faith. We'll see God face to face. When we get to heaven, we won't need hope. Because our longing has been fulfilled to go home and be with God. But love is an expression that is eternal. We are constantly expressing love in heaven. Expressing love for God. Expressing love for the saints and the people around us. So my question is, why not start now? Why not start now in expressing this trait? Where we can get a head start and we can practice this expression of eternal love in the here and now. You know, honestly, when I was thinking about the implications of this, of why it's important to practice love now when it went in the context of like it being linked to eternity, yeah? Love being linked to eternity. Why is that important? I really struggled to think about the implications of that. But after a while, I just, I, I thought about I thought about how I thought about how we can experience heaven right now with our ability and our choice to love the people around us and how God is letting us to get a taste of heaven right now. I think what it does for me, it kind of pulls back the curtain of what eternity might be like. To help me to see that i can experience this heavenly trait with the people around me when i choose to love in an unselfish way and i get to experience god in that manner as well it prepares my heart and it actually makes me desire to go home and be with god even more if heaven is full of love for god and for others man i want to be there could you imagine a place with no fear no tears, no death, no sorrow. Just complete love. Could you imagine that? Could you grasp that? I think what else matters is with this idea of love being a link to eternity. In 1 John 4:8, it says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. In 1 John 4, 8, it teaches me that God is love. And whoever chooses to live and love lives in God, and God lives in them. And if, it, if it's not connecting the dots for you yet, let me help you connect the dots. Then when it describes the qualities, in 1 Corinthians 13, it's describing the qualities of God, that God is patient, that God is kind, that God, he's not proud. He doesn't envy, he doesn't boast, he rejoices in the truth. And that really, love is great because God is great. That love is patient, so is God. That love is kind, so is God. That love does not envy, so is God. It paints a beautiful portrait of this eternal God and how we can experience him now and how heaven is not far off. It's actually right at our back door because He is an expression of love and we can, we can experience that now when we love one another. God is love. Because I'm so flawlessly loved by God, because you're so flawlessly loved by God, because he, He's extremely kind to you, because he, He's extremely hopeful that you'll choose Him, because He rejoices in the truth. It should cause us to pursue Him. In fact, everything that is said in 1 Corinthians 13, this is actually the next verse in 1 Corinthians 14, where it says, follow the way of love. Other versions say, pursue love. That because we are so dearly loved by God, that we should be on an endless pursuit to imitate Him to follow His character, to follow His traits, to be what He is, to not, to not be like Him, to be, but, to not be Him, but to be like Him in His essence of love. That we should, by all means, practice these qualities because He's lavished it on us, He's poured it out on us. I like to think that practicing gratitude is key when it comes to this when we think about the ways that God has loved us, personally, not just in a general sense, but you make it personal for yourself, that God was kind to me in this time, that God was merciful to me when I was in this moment, that I should be the same in my life when it comes to, when it comes to different instances in my life, that really the transformation begins at God And it's carried out when we remember and we have gratitude for what He's done for us. Pursue God. Love is great and it should be pursued. It should be chased after. It should be harnessed so that we can be what God is calling us to be. Today we talked about love being enough, more than enough. And in terms of living a fulfilled life and building up the church and giving our glory for God, we can be secure in knowing that simply all we really need to do is focus on love. We just have to think about it. We have to meditate on it. We have to, we have to be mindful being the most loving people we can be. And we dive deeper. We dive deeper into what that means that love is enough. What means that love never fails it means that love is never going to end it's never going to be less, it's never going to be in ruins it's always going to be there now we can count on it and we can take action and that love never fails because it's action oriented it's not just feelings, it's not just emotions it's deciding to do what is right and lastly we talked about love being the greatest understanding that God, in His love, helping us to be where we're at now so that we can love, that's great love. Great love is when it pours over and it affects lives and it transforms lives. That's what God is to us and how we can imitate that. We can imitate this great love. We don't have to wait for heaven. We can start right now and bring as much people with us as possible to this place that God reigns where God is. I just want to leave you with a question. With so much meat on the bone in 1 Corinthians 13, I want to ask you, how are you going to apply love this week? How are you going to bring love into action? How are you going to practice it? Who are you going to practice it on? Who in your life needs a little bit more love in this week? A little bit more kindness, a little bit more patience. Don't forget to love your mom as well. It's Mother's Day. Send her a text today. Maybe go cook her some dinner or something, you know. Make sure you shout out to your mom. She deserves it. Everybody deserves some appreciation, you know. But how are you going to love people this week? You know, lastly, I want to leave you with a connection card. If you're visiting with us, if you're joining us, I really want to encourage you. There's some links in the description below and there you're going to find a connection card. You can fill it out, you can submit it, and you can be sure that we're going to get back to you. We want to connect with you during this time where things can be uncertain. So please, please check out our resources. We want to be able to glorify God even in a time where we feel limited. But we know that God is limitless and his love never fails, and it's great, and it's more than enough. You're more than enough because God is amazing and his love is substantial. Love you guys.